Good morning. It is so great to be with you this morning. Uh, again, I am so honored and thankful that you chose to be here today. Uh, if you are a first-time guest with us, we're not going to point you out or make you feel weird at all. The only thing that we ask you to do is fill out that Connect card. But church, could you do me a favor and help me welcome every person here for the first time? We're excited you're here, and if you're tuning in online with us this morning, we're thankful that you're watching as well. Uh, Church online is an incredible way to stay connected if you're unable to be here on a Sunday, and if you ever find yourself in Mount Pleasant, North Carolina, we'd love for you to spend a Sunday morning with us. As we go into this morning, uh, I'm going to teach a portion of the message today, and then I'm going to invite a friend of mine to come up and and cover the rest of it, but I wanted to kind of set the bar for us because we are entering into a season called 21 Days of Prayer. It's what we do twice a year, 21 Days of Prayer. We take some time and really in the shifting seasons of our culture. In January, we do 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And then in August, right before school starts back, we do 21 Days of Prayer again. And the reason why we do that is because we believe that prayer changes things. Prayer makes a really big difference. In fact, the disciples are trying to cast out a demon in Scripture, and nothing's working. There's a lot of reasons why it's not working. There were some egos involved and some things like that. But, but they go to Jesus, and they're like, hey, hey, how did you do it when we couldn't do it? And he said, there's, there's some things that can only happen through prayer and through fasting. And I believe that there are some mountains that you need to be defeated. I believe there are some things that you want to see in your year. I don't know uh, how your, your year goals are going, right? But, but here's what I do know. The year's not over, and God's not done. And so we take some time in August to spend 21 days focused on prayer. And so uh, we kick it off this morning with prayer. You received a note card from some of our dream team a second ago because at the end of the worship experience today during the fourth song, you're going to have the opportunity to take those note cards and lay them up here on the stage. And those are going to be your prayer request. Whatever you're praying for, believing for, if you want to write your name on it, that's fine. Don't feel obligated to do it at all because here's the thing. There's going to be people praying for you, and they don't need to know your name because God knows exactly who you are. So you can write down whatever you need to on that card. We're going to pray over those over the course of the next 21 days, myself, our staff, and, and the rest of the team here. But it kicks off this morning. So Sundays are going to be right here during the next 21 days at 9 a.m. and 1030. Um, during the weekdays, so Monday starting tomorrow, you're going to be able to go to our Facebook page and you'll find a uh, less than 60-second video that talks about a prayer focus for that day. So I know tomorrow's prayer focus is for the lost. And you and I all have people in our lives who don't know Jesus. Jesus is very clear about how he feels about the lost. He would leave the 99. He'd leave the church people if it meant he could go out and find the one. We believe that that captures the heart of God. And so there's prayer focuses every day. You can find those videos on our Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash church. But every Wednesday, we're doing an in-person gathering. So there's going to be prayer gatherings. Uh, I'm going to teach for a short period of time at these prayer gatherings. And then you're going to have the opportunity to really learn some tools about prayer. I'm going to teach you about prayer, and then you're going to break into individual moments of prayer. And then we'll end together with a big corporate prayer. Here's what I'll tell you. If you'll give me three days over the next 21 days, 
on Wednesday. If you'll just make that commitment, I believe you'll see God do some things in your life and in your prayer life like never before. I've never met anybody that feels like their prayer life couldn't get better, right? I know my prayer life can get better. Two, two people agree, right? So I'm going to need some coaching as you leave today on that perfect prayer life. But give me, give, me, give me three days on Wednesday. It starts this Wednesday at the new facility. So um, that's the old Mount Pleasant Middle School or 400 North Main Street. Uh, we sent that out in the email this week. You'll see some stuff on social media about it. And then uh, every other day, so Monday, Tuesday, online on Facebook, uh, Wednesday in person, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, online. Sundays, we're back here. Um, all of the resources that we have available are available on propel.church slash 21 days. You should go to that website like right now. Because on there, you're going to get prayer guides. There's a prayer guide uh, for you to help you go deeper in your prayer life. There's also a prayer guide for your kids. Because your kids don't need to learn how to pray when they turn 18. They need to start learning now. They need to develop a healthy prayer life. They need to develop a, a life that communicates with their loving and heavenly Father. Rather than feeling like they have a distant God, they can learn at six years old that there's a God who draws near to them. So you can download those resources. All of those dates that I talked about um, are on that website. And I wanted to just read a passage of Scripture with you, and then I'll, I'll make an introduction. The reason why we're so passionate about prayer, the reason why we believe prayer changes things, and it really doesn't matter, uh, comes from Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, if my people. So he's not just talking to anybody. He's talking about my people. This is If my people who are called by my name, so this is not for those who don't know God. This is for God's people. If God's church will come together and they will humble themselves and they pray and they seek after my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Did you catch the contingency? God, God if you flip the thing, it says, it reads like this. I desire to forgive their sin and heal their land if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I want to do it. I, I have all the desire in the world, but my people need to be activated to do something. We have to humble ourselves, and, and humility is one of those difficult things, but the reason why we have to humble ourselves is because you have to come to the realization at some point that there's some things in your life that can't be done without God's hand on it. There's some things that, that are, are happening in my life right now, some things that are happening in the life of our church that I desperately need God to move. And when I come to him humbly, it's saying, hey, this surpasses human effort and human ability. I need you to do what only you can do. So we humble ourselves, we pray, and we seek after God. Jeremiah says that when we seek him wholeheartedly, we find him. And the end result is that sins are forgiven and the land is healed. So if you're taking notes this morning, if we pray, God saves and redeems. If we pray, God saves and redeems. So for a moment, during the rest of this message, you're going to have the opportunity to to fill out those note cards. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what you're believing for. But what I do know is that there are some things that God wants to do in your life. There's some breakthroughs that he wants to deliver. But it requires
requires you and I to be humble, to seek after him, to pray, and to press in. And for some of you, prayer is one of those really complicated things because the truth is there is no relationship with God. Like if we got deep down into it, your relationship is surface level, and so your prayer life is consistent of when you're driving in the car. And, and here's the thing. I'm not negating your car prayer time, so don't send me an email. But if that's all you do, see, prayer is a two-way street. Prayer is us talking to God, but then God talking to us. That's why when, when Samuel is learning to hear from God, he, he, he's in there and, and he hears the voice and he runs to his prophet, his master at the time. And he goes, did you call me? He said, I didn't call you. He said, but the next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God desires to speak to us, but I, I think he, he also wants us to talk with him to then receive from him. So as you and I go into this morning, as we were talking about prayer, I, I want to share with you a passion of mine, and then I want to introduce to you the, the speaker. So I love what we do here at Propel Church. I love what we do on Sunday mornings. And I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, so, but I feel like my passion and my, my calling, like the gifting that God has on my life is not just to teach you on a Sunday morning. I feel like the gifting that, that he's given me is to teach you for the purpose of raising up and training more leaders. Because I realize that if I teach you every Sunday and if I deliver God's word to you every weekend, that's great. I think we can impact thousands of people. But if we train up 5,000 people who can advance the gospel, who can carry the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth, then it's a much bigger purpose. And I feel like that's what my calling is. And in the process of that, we are passionate about raising up ministry leaders and training people for ministry, training people uh, to communicate God's word. And so we create opportunities for them to do that. And so last 21 days of prayer, I was sitting there listening to uh, one of the guys deliver a message um, to us in that 21 days of prayer session. And I just felt like God said, this is the word for, for August. And so I want to introduce to you this morning's communicator. Um, but before I do that, I want to give you a couple of ground rules as he teaches. And I'm going to tell you how I met him. Um, as we were getting, as we get into the message this morning, here's what I need you to know. Um, your level of amens have to be at least 47 times more than you do for me, for him. Right? Like, you amen him, you encourage him, because it really does make a difference when you teach. So, so just be ready, be encouraging. Uh, if he tells a joke that isn't funny, laugh anyways. Right? Because uh, we want to encourage his faith as he's developing God's calling on his life. But, you know, the fun thing... Um, Matt came to me at a time in our church where uh, it was our lowest Sunday ever. They were doing some renovations in this auditorium, and so they had relocated us to the gym. And, uh, you know, when there's a low attendance Sunday, you can tell there's a low attendance Sunday. When you're in a gym, it's bad. <laughs> like, there's just some bleachers, and there's some spotty seats here and there. And Matt came on a weekend where there were literally like 47 people. Okay, I was contemplating, like, I don't know who I would send my resignation letter to, but, like, I was ready. 
And we leave that morning, and we had catered lunch for everybody, so they had um, grilled some barbecue chicken. So we're standing in line, and I noticed that there was a guest. There were a couple of new people that day. Matt was one of them, and he came up to me in line, and he said, Hey, um, God's called me into ministry, and he told me you were going to train me on how to do it. So I said, Okay, let's get some chicken. You know, like... <laughs> And, and truthfully, I just brushed it off because here's what I know about church planting. They attract weird people. <laughs> I didn't know the guy at all. I didn't know what God's plan for his life was. All I knew was I was kind of tired, kind of frustrated, and he came to me and said, the Lord told me to come serve you. You're going to train me how to do ministry. So he asked me, we're sitting down, we're having some barbecue chicken, and, and he says, hey, what? I feel like God's called me to ministry. You're going to train me how to do it. What's the next step? Glad you asked. Um, the same step that's there for everybody else. You go through Discover. You find a team. Because here's the thing. If you're not, you're not called into ministry if you're not willing to carry pipe and drape. There, there's too many people in, in 2019 who feel like God has an incredible calling on their life, but they just want the platform and the spotlight. They don't want to do the work it takes to get there. So we sat down, and he went through Discover, and he started serving on the Dream Team. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really talk to him for the first year. I, I wasn't trying to avoid him. What I, what I was trying to see is, is he faithful? Because God uses faithful men and women. And after that year, we started having conversations. I started investing a little more time into him. Matt now oversees our high school students uh, here at Propel Church. They just had their first youth trip um, to Birmingham. They took some students, and they didn't lose nobody. Come on, that's a win. That's a win. And so uh, Matt has become uh, one of my closest friends, and I am so honored that you have the opportunity to hear God's word from him this morning. Can you help me welcome to the stage Matt Chirac? Yeah, come on, church. Praise King Jesus. Isn't he good? Come on. Man, it is so good to be here this morning. I'm telling y'all, um, I'm not going to lie. Y'all look good this morning. I'm a little nervous up here right now. This is crazy. Uh, see, Pastor Nick, my jokes are funny. They're already laughing. <laughs> hey, so um, I've got some content I'm really excited to share with you this morning. But before we get started, I really believe um, and honor. And I just want to take just a moment to honor Pastor Nick and Tori. And Pastor Nick, uh, Really and truly to be mentored by you and to be pastored by you is an absolute privilege. Your, your generosity and your heart for this church and to see broken and lost people come to know Jesus is incredible. So church, can we celebrate Pastor Nick? <clears throat> and, uh, and, and Tori, I think, I think Tori's up in the booth right now because Lord knows that woman does about 37 things around this place. She wears a lot of hats, and, uh, and she can preach too, right? Have y'all heard Tori preach? She can bring the heat. So, Tori, I just want to also tell you, thank you so much for everything you do. This church, this community is in definitely changed forever because of you, and I'm very thankful for your encouragement and for your leadership. So, church, can we just celebrate our leadership real quick? Awesome, awesome. So like Pastor Nick said, today is day one of 21 days of prayer, and what I, what I really need us to know is our church believes in prayer. Like, we, we really believe in it. That's why we set aside 21 days twice a year to come together in prayer. So today, naturally, I'm going to spend some time talking about prayer. And uh, if, you, if you don't know me, if you don't know me, I'm a big sports guy. I'm a big, I'm a big stats guy. Like, I love stats. Like, I don't, I'm not good at math or anything. Like, I don't like numbers, but I do, I do love stats. In fact, uh, 
we're getting ready to come up on another fantasy football season, and uh, I'm the reigning champion of Propel Church, so you can celebrate that too if you want. Uh, Pastor Nick's down there shaking his head. That's cool. I see you. Um, So I I brought some stats for you because I did a little research, and and what I found was only about 50% of people in our nation pray daily, and that only three out of four Christians pray daily. Now, I know what you're thinking, Matt, that's 75%. C's get degrees, bro. I know. You're right. They do. But here, here, is the, here is the problem. Here is the issue. When they interviewed those Christians and they said, hey, how much time do you spend daily reading your Bible and in prayer? The average came out to 2 minutes and 24 seconds. 2 minutes and 24 seconds. Now, prayer is supposed to be a vital part of our relationship with God. So that's, that's the real issue. And so I continue to do a little bit more studying here. And, and, and in the New Testament, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word for prayer is called prosuch. And I know it sounds a little funny, but I promise that's how you pronounce it because I Googled that too. <laughs> and uh, so prosuch is actually a compound of two words. And, and what it is, the pros part of it actually means um, close, upfront, intimate contact, or face to face. And the ooch part, everybody look at your neighbor and say ooch, because that's a hilarious word, right? Ooch. Ooch actually means uh, to bring a desire or a vow or a wish. So what does that tell us? Well, that tells us that prayer is actually supposed to be an intimate, relational part of our conversation with God. And it's supposed to be a place where we bring our vows, our dreams, uh, maybe a little bit of gratitude, maybe sometimes a little bit of attitude. I want you to know, I know some of y'all got attitude and God can handle that too. You show me a relationship where you don't have attitude, then I'm going to show you it's not a relationship. Like, just ask my wife, okay? Um, <laughs> so it's, it's supposed to be a, a it's supposed to be relational, but I understand why we only average two minutes and 24 seconds because prayer time can be difficult, right? I mean, even for seasoned Christians, sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes we feel a disconnect. And, and the reality is um, sometimes we just don't know what to say. We don't know what prayer is. We don't know, we don't know what to do. Or maybe, maybe you're just completely new to prayer, but I really need us to understand this morning is that prayer is powerful. It is so powerful. Prayer is so powerful. Many of us in this room have seen God do miraculous things in and through prayer. And Scripture actually tells us, Scripture actually tells us that, that prayer is something that we should do persistently and it's something that we should do together. And that when we do it together, we'll see God move in a miraculous way. Uh, our lead pastor this year has been, um, has been really proclaiming this over us and really believes that this year is a year of more. And eight months into this thing, I can tell you it is. Come on, we can celebrate that. We've seen, we've seen God do some incredible things this year at Propel Church. And, and really the way that we've gotten there uh, is in and through prayer. So what I've done for us this morning is I've created a little bit of a recipe, if you will, or, or really it's just an acronym. I just like to use the metaphor recipe because it sounds cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce through some... Uh, some, some acronyms and some words. So before we get to the recipe, I want to share with you that in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, they had this thing called a tabernacle. And uh, a tabernacle is just a fancy word for a portable church. Y'all know anything about that? <laughs> portable church? Look, the, the guest experience team is still rolling carts down the hallway out there. Like, <laughs> I love them. I love it. Um, so so it's, just, it's just a fancy word for a portable church. And, and they used to have to take these steps, like these steps to get into God's presence. And by the end of it, you had to like make a sacrifice or slaughter your best goat. And thank God for Jesus that we ain't got to slaughter no goats, right? Like we don't have to do all that to get there. But what we can learn from what they did is upon entering the portable church or tabernacle, the first thing they did was they praised God. So the first thing I'd like you to write down this morning if you're taking notes is that P is going to be for praise. P is for praise. So 
But the thing about praise, being praiseful and being grateful is, is it's actually a choice. I think, I think a lot of times you and I fall into the trap of believing that it's a feeling, and it's not. Because God actually calls us to be grateful and to be praiseful. Psalm 104 says, To enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name. So if God asks this of us, then it has to be a choice, right? And not a feeling. So what I like to do is I like to start really simple uh, I like to start thanking God for, for the trees, for my wife and my kid, my kids, both kids, I'm sorry, for, for my kids, um, for my family, for my friends, for the air I breathe, for the shoes on my feet. Come on, brother, got some vans on. I like to thank God for the AC in my truck. Man, it's in North Carolina. It's hot out here, right? We thank, we thank God for AC. Um, I like to thank him for a body that's able to work or, or just anything I can, th- I can think of. Thank him for my friends, for, for my lead pastor and for Tori and uh, so P is going to be for praise. P is for praise. The next, the next thing I'd like you to write down is going to be R is for repent. Now, I already I see it. I already see some faces out there. The word repent has a, really, we, we give it a bad name as Christians, and we shouldn't. It's actually a positive thing. The word repent simply means to turn away from, to turn away from. And, and uh, Jesus actually says to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And, and what he's saying, he's not, he's not threatening us, right? He's not, he's, it's not a negative thing. What he's telling us is, hey, turn away from these things because there's still time. There's still time, and you can do it. Psalm 19.12 says, um, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. So, so what I like to do in this moment in prayer is I like to just take a minute to ask God to, to shine a light on those dark places because the reality is that even as Christians, yeah, I know, we, we perfect because we're Christians, right? No, that's not the truth. <laughs> Now, even as Christians, sometimes our actions don't align with God's will. And sometimes we have friends or family or wives or husbands that are really good at telling us about that. Or, or maybe you don't realize that your actions don't align with God's will. So what I like to do is ask God to remove any barriers that are in my life. I take time just to say, hey, God, if there's anything standing between you and I, please let me know. Please let me know. Because uh, I realize that, that, that sin is really, is really separating you and I, and, and I want to be in your presence, and I know that you want to have a relationship with me. So R is for repent. R is for repent, and remember, ask God to illuminate things, and he will do that. He will honor that. The next thing I'd like you to write down is going to be A. A is going to be for ask. So the incredible thing about the scripture we just read is it says that when our, basically that, that, that our hearts get clean by allowing God to come in and, and really shine a light on those dark places and those barriers in our hearts. So <clears throat> what I like to do here is knowing that, that when our hearts are clean, we can come before God with confidence, right? First, first John chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 says that, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. Now, here's what I need you to know. This scripture is actually a little misleading because it says anything we ask. And what I've actually found is that there, it's kind of a conditional thing, right? Like, I don't know how, how many of y'all got bosses you don't like. Don't raise your hands. That would be dishonorable. Don't do that. But if you have, maybe you have a boss that you don't like, you can't be like, I pray hemorrhoids in the name of Jesus. No, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't do that. It's got to do three things. These conditions are, number one, it's got to glorify God because our God is worth being glorified. He's worthy of it. So number one, it's got to glorify God. Number two, it's got to align with his word. It's got to align with his word because if it says it in his word and it doesn't align with that, then he couldn't be God, right? He couldn't be God. So it's, so it's got to align with his word. And this, this is the third thing. Y'all are going to like this. It's got to bring you joy. Come on, man. How good is our God 
our Father in heaven that wants us to have joy. If you and I can give good gifts when we ask for things, or when we receive things, just think about how good the gifts from our good, good Father can be. I mean, he, he loves he loves when we bring things. And I'm not just talking about small things like, Lord, I really want that new pair of Jordans. Um, your boy's from the city, if you didn't know. So, uh, Lord, I really want that new pair of Jordans or whatever it is. No, God, God wants you to ask him to break the chains of addiction in your life. God wants you to ask him to heal your marriage. God wants you to ask him to get rid of your self-doubt, to solidify your identity as sons and daughters. God wants you to ask great big things because he's a good God and he wants to bring you joy. So A is for ask. The next, the next thing is going to be why. Why is going to be for yield. And, and, and I have it written in my notes that we yield to God so that we can yield good fruit. And really there's two definitions of yield. And um, the first definition is to cease resistance or to give way. And the second is to be fruitful or productive and and I really, I, th- I think about this like this. Um, I, so I'm a firefighter for the town of Landis. I'm in, I'm in the town of Landis, and uh, they're doing a bunch of construction right now on that four-lane road, I-85, and I just, I dread it. Like, your boy's got road rage. It's true. I really do. So, so I go out there, and, and, and on off Old Betty's Ford in I-85, they're doing a bunch of construction right now, and they're putting in these stupid roundabouts. And I call them stupid not because it's a bad idea, but honestly, it's because North Carolina drivers are terrible at yielding. For whatever reason, we don't understand the concept of yielding instead of stopping. So I'm like, always, always, if you don't know how to yield, I'm probably right behind you. And I'm not like, oh, Lord, just bless their heart, right? Because in the South, as long as you say, bless their heart after whatever you said, then it's cool. It's good. So no, I'm not doing that. I'm literally, I'm behind them. I'm losing my mind. I'm like, somebody please get them out of my way, right? <laughs> it's true. Like, if you've ever seen somebody doing that behind you, it was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like so, so, so yielding, really, that's not how it's designed. You're supposed to just pause, and then you're supposed to merge all into the circle so that you can get to the path or the road that takes you to your preferred destination. So when we pray... When we pray, we should take a moment in time to just yield to God so we can yield good fruit so that he can take us to our preferred destination. Job chapter 22, verse 21 and 22 says, Submit to God and you will have peace. Peace, come on. Then things will go well for you. Listen to his instructions and store them in your heart. So we take time in prayer to, to not, not to stop. See, I almost said it. I'm a North Carolinian. I almost said it. No, we take time to pause. Take time to pause and ask God to give us instructions and ask him to lead us, guide us, and direct us. And, and the great thing about our God is really we worship a speaking God. We really do. And, and God doesn't just speak to the super hyper-spiritual anointed. No, no, no. God wants to speak to you today, each and every one of you. He wants to speak to you, and he will speak to you. So why? Why is for you? Why is for you? The next thing that I have for you is actually um, we, we've, we've completed... Our acronym, if you look at your notes, it's P-R-A-Y, pray. Come on, somebody. That's, that's easy to remember. That's an easy thing. But we're kind of missing something. And before we get to that point, I really I want to tell you this story um, about this past week. And, and I, was, I, I like to go to the gym, right, because I got self-esteem issues or something. I don't know. And I want to I look cool. So, so I'm at the gym, and uh, me and my lieutenant go on shift. And uh, he, <laughs> we see this guy, and this guy's got biceps. They're like as big as my head. They're ginormous, right? That's not even a word, but it's true. Like, that's what they are. They're huge. And we're like, hey, bro, how'd you, uh, and you know, we're kind of all timid because the guy, like, could kill us with his pinky. And he's like, (laughs) my lieutenant's like, hey, man, 
how you do that? <laughs> how you do that? We come to the gym all the time. How you get biceps big? He's like, I run the rack, bro. I run the rack. And we like kind of look at each other like, what, do you, what does run the rack mean? What does that mean? So he explains it to us. And what it is, is if you've ever seen a curl bar, there's a curl bar. It's got weights on the end. And this rack, it has 60 pounds, 50 pounds, 40 pounds, 30 pounds, 20 pounds, 10 pounds. And, and what you do is you start at 60 and you do 10 reps. And you get all the way to the 10 pounds. You do your 10 reps. You step to the side. Your lieutenant or your lifting partner gets in. They do theirs. And then you jump back in and you go 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Well, naturally, as you could probably tell, I'm not carrying a whole bunch of guns up here. So I usually get to about 40 or 50 and like pounds and I just I just can't finish. And, and the funny thing is I'm always like got my headphones in and I'm listening to like Lincoln Park or something crazy like that. And I'm like hyping myself up. I'm like, Matt, you're the man. Who's the man? You're the man. You can do this. You can, you can lift this weight. You can pick heavy stuff up to put it back down. You've got this, right? It doesn't even make any sense lifting weights. So, so I like, I get all into it and then, and then I always fall short. Now I know over time you build muscle, but this, what I'm about to tell you happened in a matter of a week. And I need you to understand this. I need you, I need you to stay with me here. So Earlier this week, and I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday we're at the gym, and we're all excited. We're like, hey, bro, you ready to run the rack? Yeah, let's get it. We're about to run the rack. So I get in there, and I do my 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and I get all my reps in. I step to the side, Lieutenant Sheets gets up there. He knocks it out. I jump back in. I'm 10, 20, 30. I get to 40. I'm like, oh, I'm still going. I'm going to do this this time. And as, as I'm doing this, in my headphones, this song comes on. This song comes on called Exalted Overall. And it says, one name is higher, one name is stronger. One name is higher, one name is stronger. So I'm listening to this song kind of subconsciously in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, one name is higher, one name is stronger. I get to 50 pounds, I finish my reps. I pick up the 60 pounds, and I'm still singing this song. I'm still worshiping. One name is higher, one name is stronger. One name is higher, one name is stronger. And I get to the end of my set, I finish, I put the weights down, I jump up in my lieutenant's arm, and I'm celebrating. I'm going to have a like, accomplished it and then it dawns on me I'm not the boss Jesus is the boss Jesus is the boss our prayer church our prayers are focused on Jesus our prayers are focused on Jesus we don't just pray in any old name we don't pray to old Gandalf from Isengard of Lord of the Rings we don't pray to no Harry Potter wizard or anything like that no 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 we pray in the name of Jesus and scripture says though he was God he did not think of his equality with God is something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and heaven on earth, under the earth, and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to glory God the Father. Church, there is something in his name. There is just something in his name. In darkness, he is light. He is a rescuer. He is a healer. He is salvation. His name is powerful. So what I'd like to do this morning is, I feel like there's somebody in here who's never experienced the chain-breaking name of Jesus and that you've never known him before. So I'd like to, I'd like to extend an invitation. So what I'd like to do with, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, 
Jesus is calling you. It's the time. It's now. Two, you can do this. Come on. Three, hands up. Hands up. All across this room, church. Hands up all across this room. It's amazing. Thank you, Lord. So what I'd like to do right now is I'd like to just pray together because we don't pray alone. So if you'd repeat after me, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Will you stand to your feet and celebrate with me? How good is our God? Come on. Yes. So good. So church, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to worship. And as we do, proclaim his goodness. Proclaim his name. And we ask that you bring those cards up and you lay them on the stage. And as you do, know and believe that prayer is powerful. Know and believe that God can and will do miraculous things through prayer. Let's worship.